So uh, tonight is our second week of boundaries, and uh, uh, the 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 first last week our our uh, first boundary talk we um, essentially we just uh, we we kind of set the foundation of uh, what what are boundaries and the way that the um, that it's described is it's when to say yes, how to say no to take control of your life. And we describe just the different kinds of boundaries uh, that uh, are important to put, put in place in our lives. Um, and, and what happens sometimes when those boundaries are, are taken advantage of, are, are pushed through, or we allow for them to be broken through. And uh, we went over, I don't know, like 15 different ones. And I know that it was kind of a lot. Uh, and for the first session, we, we throw a lot of information out there. Tonight's going to be a little bit different, though. Um, we're going ha- to have a little more discussion tonight uh, as we go through, uh, through, through week two. This is a nine-week session, um, so tonight is the second one. I'll open us in prayer, and uh, we'll, we'll get started. Uh, Jesus, thank you for uh, uh, the, just your grace. Uh, we, all of us in here... Um, we all need help with establishing boundaries in our life. Uh, I, I, we, I can admit that, uh, that, that boundaries in my life uh, sometimes get pushed past or I don't know when to say no or, or, how to, or, or, or sometimes struggle to figure out what I need to be saying yes to. And I just pray that for everybody in this room tonight that you uh, equip us to be able to um, be people that uh, can, t- can be responsible and, and uh, take control of our lives. In, in Jesus' name, amen. So tonight's uh, uh, second week is, is titled Understanding Boundaries. So the first week was just kind of the foundation of boundaries. Tonight we're going to dive a little bit deeper into just understanding what boundaries, what, what, what the different boundaries are and just what boundaries are as a whole. Um, last week I described to you a... a uh, Another word to describe boundaries, a, a biblical, what I would call a biblical de- definition, is stewardship. Uh, boundaries are being a steward of what God has given us. I use the example of Adam in, in the garden and how uh, God had provided him everything. He, he, he did not withhold anything from Adam. And he, as he gave Adam everything, he, he put a couple boundaries in place. The first one is... Adam, here is everything. Take care of it. You are responsible. Take care of it. The second thing <laughs> that, uh, that he, he instructed Adam, the second boundary he put in place is, there's this, there's this tree over here. I, I don't want you to take from it. And Adam, Adam and, uh, and, and, his, um, and Adam and Eve, they ended up uh, breaking through that uh, second boundary. And when they broke through that second boundary, uh, it changed everything with the first boundary. Um, the Bible describes different consequences that came about that, that, that event. Um, some of them you know, were, were pain and childbearing is one of them that they describe in, in the Bible. Uh, they describe that, uh, that, that working was not going to be... Um, is so much of an enjoyment anymore that there was going to sometimes be grief in, in just working. Uh, there was, you know, they, they, they uh, became shameful of their, their nakedness. Uh, several things took place as a, as a natural consequence for, 
for the boundary that was broken. In our lives, it, it works very much in the same way. Uh, there are some, some natural boundaries that come in our lives that, that we're required uh, to, to uh, have put in place when it comes to uh, family, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to finances, friends, all those things have boundaries that are put in place. And we talked about some of, the, uh, uh, some of those boundaries. And what happens is if we don't take care of those things, if we don't take care of the things that God has entrusted us, and we, uh, we, those boundaries sometimes uh, get out of control, out of whack, we see sometimes uh, consequences that take place in our lives from, from those boundaries being broken through. And it's important to know that each and every one of us is obviously a sinner. There's not one person in this room that does not sin. Uh, we, we, we all strive to not, to not sin, and that is important. Um, but uh, we have to remember that, uh, that God is a God of grace, and that despite boundaries that have been broken in the past um, by Adam and Eve, despite boundaries that have been, uh, that have been broken in, in our lives, that God is still a God that loves us and he still uh, desires the best, the best thing for us. Uh, but a lot of times in order to get there, we have to reestablish the boundaries. We have to uh, figure out uh, what things we've all maybe already said yes to uh, that uh, we, we weren't holding true. And that's what we're going to talk a lot about t- tonight is things that we've said yes to that maybe we haven't really held firm to that commitment like we should be. And then, and then sometimes we don't say, uh, we say yes to the wrong things that end up invading our lives to the point that uh, it gets out of control and we need to say no to certain things. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that tonight. And so the, there's, uh, we have four, re- four responses are, are what I want to call boundary problems. Four, four things that can occur that, that, that are usually our response to, to uh, creating uh, what we call boundary problems. And the, the, um, all of these we have probably experienced, I know I've experienced, and in, 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 uh, of uh, essentially committed myself. Uh, at least probably all four of these at one point or another. And so I'm going to go through these and then we're going to uh, have a little bit of a discussion time. It's actually, we're going to do what we call a, a case scenario. We're going to share a, a series of cases with you guys of people's lives. And when we, uh, and Jonathan's going to lead us during that time, but we're going to share what's going on in these people's lives. And then we're going to describe, you know, what boundaries were being broken in these people's lives. And so these are the four things that we're really looking for in these case scenarios. The first one is uh, a boundary problem is being com- uh, compliant. Uh, this is somebody that uh, says yes to bad things. They just, they just have a hard time resisting uh, everything, <laughs> anything and everything. Somebody uh, comes to you and they say, hey, I want you to participate with me in this activity, even if it causes you harm or Maybe they don't even tell you it causes you harm, but you know deep down that it is probably something that's harmful to you or to somebody else. You still are a person that just has a hard time saying no, and you say, yes, I'm going to do it. You can imagine, you know, there's tons of things that you can put in that category. The easiest one that comes to mind uh, it can, is, is, is drugs and alcohol. 
when uh, you, I, I can think of the, I can relate with the story the first time that I participated in that in my life. And when that occurred in my life, once it started once, I became very uh, compl- uh, compliant for that for, a ser- for pretty much my whole adolescent life. Because once that, uh, the, bol- the ball kind of got pushed over the hill, it was hard to stop that. And you, I, I uh, fell into a series of being compliant and saying, yes, I'll do that, yes, I'll do that. Hey, you want to go do this that is going to, you know, knowing deep down that this wasn't right knowing deep down that this was going to, to harm me or harm somebody in my life. And uh, that ball, it gets rolling pretty fast once you start being really compliant with everything. And it gets, it gets going real fast and it gets really out of control. And so um, somehow, someway, we have to be able to stop that and, and, and stop that uh, downward spiral. And for a lot of people, it, it, it can come in several different ways to where that finally stops. Um, for me, uh, it ultimately was just where a point where it became kind of a rock bottom for my, for my life. And, uh, and that, was, that was God telling me that enough was enough. And I knew that I had to, um, I had to reestablish a boundary in my life because I, kn- I knew deep down that that's not a place being compliant and saying yes to things that I shouldn't say yes to is not a place that I ever wanted to be again. Um, and it was, diff- it was difficult to stopping that cycle. Um, but, uh, but I knew that ultimately that the only way that was going to ha- happen was, uh, was through the grace of God and by being surrounded by um, people that love me and ultimately the church. The... Another uh, boundary problem can be avoidance. Somebody that just constantly just <coughs> says says no to everything. Just the, the I call them I call them the wall. You know they 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 might as well be a soccer goalie or something because they are good at just blocking out everything. Um, and ex- you know this person could be somebody that has opportunities that come their way, and they never just can they 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 never can take that step. To, to the direction that they need to go into their life because there's always, there's always a reason why it's just not going to work out. Well, I can't do that because I don't know where the money's going to come for for that. I can't do that because I don't know if my, you know, I don't know if, if, if my body could, could do that kind of work. I don't know if I'm smart enough. I don't know if I'm tall enough. If I'm, you know, we, we come up with this whole laundry list of just things, reasons why we can just say no to things. No, I can't do that. No, I can't do. That. No, I. Nobody. No one would, you know, ever want to. Uh, no one would ever want to love a person like me. I'm, you know, I, I. So I'm just gonna avoid love altogether. I'm not going to let anybody into my circle, into my life. I'm not going to accept. Uh, anybody's helping hand, whatever the case may be, we just put up the no. And we and and sometimes you go, you know, a stubborn person, you know, sometimes is, you know, they they keep out of trouble, right? A stubborn person, but 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 it can be so extreme the other way that uh, they don't allow anybody to come in and help them out in life, or or love them, or um, help them uh, get a job, or or whatever the case may be. I, you know, I, we have. This, the pantry food bank on on Friday. 
from 12, 12 to 2 is when our food bank runs. And I'll tell you, tell you what, you know, a lot of uh, Grace Place uh, are people that have uh, come, come through, through the pantry. Uh, and probably the majority of our churches come through the pantry. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, uh, it, it, can, it can be a humbling experience, especially for the first time, to stand in a line uh, where you are, are accepting some kind of assistance. But one of, the, but one of the things that I shared with you guys last week is that God calls us to be a people of faith. And God also calls us to, uh, uh, to be a people that value the relationships in our family. And one of the worst things we could do is say no to that, those kind of things. When, when uh, things like food assistance or whatever the case may be, because ultimately we are responsible for feeding our family. And uh, I, uh, we, when, I, when I lived out in Spanaway and we were doing great uh, GPS church in Spanaway, and we were doing, uh, we were delivering food to people's homes. And we had, we've had, we had, uh, Nick used to help me out, Kyle helped me out a little bit, and we'd have people call us and we'd advertise on Craigslist and people would call us out there and say, hey, I've never done anything like this before, needed help with food or anything, but I saw that you guys have a food delivery service. Would you be willing to? And I said, yeah, yeah, no problem. We'd go to some of these homes, and you would never think that, you know, uh, that, that some of these um, families would be in need of food. But we had, so many people <coughs> have lost jobs over the last couple years. And, uh, I rem- you know, I remember a couple of the families really felt, you know, different about it, um, felt kind of awkward about it. And I... What was more important to, to, to me was, was that they were willing to say, uh, not put up the brick wall and not avoid the, the situation, but, but take control of the situation and say, you know what, I'm responsible for feeding my family and I'm going to make this phone call and I'm going to have these people come over and help me out. Because the minute, and, and, and it was very humbling for me because the, the minute that... Um, you know, the, the minute that you ever start to think, well, I, I'm great, I'm helping somebody out, is the minute that you're in need of help. Because <laughs> very quickly, we, you know, we've been in situations where we, you know, have need to help, and it just, it, uh, you realize that uh, everybody needs help sometime, somewhere, somehow. There's not one person that is, you know, that, that doesn't need some kind of help. It, if Whether it's, it, it, for some people, it may be food. For other people, it may be uh, marital support. For other people, it may be help with their children. It, it could be several different things. But we are all, when it comes down to it, we are all, uh, we, we, everybody is, is poor. And, and, and uh, I don't mean poor in, in the sense of what society tells us what poor is, but we're all in need. We're all in need of something. And so, not one person is better than, than the next person. We're all just different, and our, and our poverty is just a different kind of poverty than the, than the person sitting next to us. And uh, the, uh, the day that you know, people realize that, it's, we start to have a different perspective and a different outlook. And, and I think that's how Christ, um, that's how he view, viewed the people that he interacted with. He, um, he saw everybody, he, he wanted to interact with the people uh, that were in need. 
Uh, Jason actually, he lives across the street now, and he came over uh, a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, he's been reading through the book of Matthew, I think, for the first time. And so he knocks on the door, and uh, I think it was pretty early, early in the morning, late at night, I don't know when it was, but, but he knocks on the door, and, and uh, he goes, hey, I just read this thing in Matthew where it talks about Jesus hanging out with sinners. He goes, I, I, I figured he, he didn't hang out with anybody like me <laughs> or anybody like that. And I go, Jason, that's exactly who he came for. That's exactly. He came for the people that said, I am poverty stricken. I am poor. I need help. Here I am. You know, Jesus, help me. That's who he came for. The people that said, hey, I got it all together. I don't, you know, you know I, I have all the, the religious knowledge. I, you know, got money in my pocket. I got it all taken care of. No thanks, Jesus. Those people, be, they yeah, they were wrong. They were very wrong. And Jesus, they became very offended of, of Jesus. Um, because he was hanging out with people of, that, that were of poverty, of, of all different kinds. Um, financial, some people that had po- uh, poverty in character. You know, the tax collectors at the time, they were seen as scum of the earth. And uh, he, he hung out with those people that nobody wanted to, to be around. And he was eating dinner with them and stuff. So, um, controllers. My, my wife's given me the hurry because I'll go all, all, all night. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Just give me signals, huh? We got two more here. So, controllers. <laughs> Controller, in my mind, is another uh, another per- another way of describing maybe somebody that um, they they well, it's a controller. It's somebody that wants to take control of a situation. But I was also thinking somebody that often can become a manipulator or somebody that is highly competitive in an unhealthy way. Somebody says no, well, I'm going to find a way to make them say yes. <laughs> I can think of. Uh, I mean, I. I, I, you know, I can think of people in my life. I've told them no, and I knew that I absolutely cannot do. I cannot do this with you. I cannot spend the time with you. I have other obligations. I have other priorities. My, you know, I got to spend time with my wife. I got, you know, whatever the case may be. And they say, "Are you sure you can't show up at this time? Are you sure you can't do it?" Uh, you know, I, I was, you know, my day off is Monday. You know, sometimes I, I'll get phone calls from 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 people saying. Because um, I still do a little bit of marketing for businesses, so I'll have somebody call. I shut my phone off now on Mondays because I'll get people that'll call me and they say, "Hey, can you fix this on my website?" Or my and I say, "You know what? You're just going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait because what happens, it, you know?" And, and, and if I answer my phone, a lot of times they will try to control the situation and, and they will try to convince me that it needs to be done right now. That my business is going to collapse if you don't fix my contact. If you don't fix, uh, uh, you know, the color of the background on my logo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever the case may be. And I know that's real trivial, but you can think of situations where when you tell somebody no, and they try so hard to convince you that they're they're trying to get you to say yes and manipulate a situation. And and, and that's uh, that. And, may, and, may have, and that's a controller, uh, non-responsive. That is somebody that um, uh, that is just non-responsive. Is somebody that just can just blocks out everything. This is somebody that can sometimes be really, I think, like mentally or emotionally detached in a situation. Uh, we're gonna, you know, American culture here. We you know we got. I, I think of the uh, the dad. All right, I'm going to pick on a dad here. That uh, you know works works nine to five. Comes home. 
turns on the game. The children come to say, hey, Dad, you want to hear about my day? Hey, you want to play with me? Hey, just any, I want to sit on your lap. And the dad just goes, hey, get out of my way. I'm watching the game. And then, then the next day, it's just something else. It's always something else. And they just become unresponsive. And that's maybe in, in, in that relationship. Then when, uh, whatever the case may be, they... they You're using scenarios. Oh, am I just using the scenarios? Oh, yeah. So that is a uh, that is an example. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know a few people in the family. Yeah. So I'm sorry. So we're we're gonna. Oh, I sorry. So uh, <laughs> so we right. we have several scenarios. Uh-huh. Go ahead. So so um the the we went through avoidance, controllers, non-responsive, and compliant. So, and we're going to use just a couple of examples. I'm going to read a story, and then I want you guys to answer what you think it is and why. Well, I'll pick a couple of people to talk on each one of them to say why, and I may have, like, a question to ask you after that. Um, so I'll read a little thing. Because sometimes when we go, that's not me. That's not me. But when you take it out of who we are and we look at another scenario, you can identify the problem like that, and you can say, well, I know the problem there. And then it sometimes makes you think, yeah, that's me. That's why I'm sitting here. This is, that's who I am. That's what's wrong. That's what's dealing with me. But when we put our name on it, we all get defensive. We all, we all go, well, it's not that bad, is it? You know, and, and so we're not using anybody's names. Somebody totally different. Somebody we don't know. It's just a random example. So Brenda and Mike were talking in their bedroom after putting the kids to bed. Brenda began to um, unburden her fears about child rearing and her feelings of inadequacy inadequacy at work. Without warning, Mike turned to her and said, if you don't like the way you feel, change your feelings. Life's tough, so just just handle it, Brenda. So, we need to diagnose what's what's the issue here. So, Destiny. Oh, oh it's man. good at talking. <laughs> oh, like spot test. Wait, that one's not mine. I'm not clear with that one. So, uh, is that, is she being is compliant, avoidant, controlling, or non-responsive? Well, I think he's being avoidant and controlling, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's a multiple. Avoidant because he he doesn't want to deal with the situation, and controlling because he's trying to not validate her feelings. This is what she's wanting to talk to him about, you know. And he's just kind of manipulating, controlling the outcome of what it's supposed to be. And avoidance. He wants to avoid the woman. <laughs> but does a woman really want to know the truth? You can't handle the truth. (laughs) (laughs) And so this is the big question for me here is what's the difference between being responsible for another person and being responsible to another person? Are you responsible for them to control how they feel? Are you responsible to them for walking them through the steps? Because a lot of times even, especially in marriage and especially in even your friendships is when it's not you, Mike can look at the situation and go, hello, that's why it happened. But because your feelings are wrapped up in it, because you feel it, because you're going through it, you, but you can't control that person. They have to go through the process of healing. You, you're, not, you're not telling them, you can't say, hello, you're an idiot, just get over it. When you do that, the wall goes up, the separation happens, that didn't fix the problem, it made it worse. It made... And when we put boundaries up, that's a bad boundary to put up. That's like a wall, runaway, avoidance, all the things that you can be are going to happen here. Because 
because he didn't sit down and say, you know what, I've realized this, I've looked at you. If you take the time to talk, someone's actually letting you know how they feel, whether that's good or bad. The Bible talks about that that's a time either where that you come together or you're divided. When somebody unleashes their fears as a friend, as a spouse, as a child, as, as anything, that we have a chance at that moment to become closer or to make the, the crater bigger. Because, and so, you know, we can't, men and women both can be very controlling and manipulative in that situation. You should just see it through my eyes. Say, walk a mile in my shoes. So lots of times the best situation here is, they say their answer here was non-responsive. Most men don't want to emotionally be bothered, just the truth, emotionally bothered with emotions. Just period. It's just the way it is. It is what it is. It is. And you know what? We can even do it with friends. They're on the phone. They're telling you how their bad day was. And to be honest, I have a lot going on in my life. And I'm just like, okay, uh uh-huh. You know what? You should really pray about that. Be praying for you. Bye. We're almost putting prayer, but we're non-responsive. Because it was avoiding. It's non-responsive. It's just, yeah, well, I'm just doing that to get it out of the way. Moving on. But, you know... What does that do to your marriage? What does that do to your friendships? Hurts it. It's all, all you're doing is hurting. So is this a good boundary to put up? Or is this a good boundary to keep down? Yes. And this is when you say, yes, I'm going to listen. Yes, you are important. Yes, very much of what, I've, what we're walking through is we have God-given responsibilities. And you need to decide what is God-given and what is an option. Your marriage is God-given. You already vowed, you already said yes. Your children, you already said yes. So if it's fitting in that category, you must say yes when the opportunity comes along. When it comes to other things, you have to decide is it God-given or not. Because that's where we get an option. If it's God-given, the answer needs to be yes. If it's not, then we get an option between yes or no. Now, in those relationships, there's boundaries. Abuse, other things like that, then comes down to, yes, I'm married to you, but no, I cannot stay and do this. I mean, there are options inside of that, but if it's God-given, you fight for that. You fight for keeping strong and healthy and time and those things. I'm going to read a totally different one. Robert was the only boy in his family, the youngest of four children. His sisters were three and seven years older than he was. Until he was in the sixth grade, they were bigger and stronger, and they would beat him until he was bruised. His parents said, boys don't hit girls, it's bad manners. He was triple teamed, but he was told that fighting back, protecting himself, was unacceptable. Anybody have what that would be? Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's how I, I was raised, basically. No matter what a woman does to you, you don't ever put your hands up on them. It's compliant. Compliant I've never to the. In my life. Yeah, but compliant to the point of hurting yourself yes. is a boundary that is not allowed to be crossed. And I was very much in an abusive relationship. And there's very much a choice that you have to make. I can, yes, I'm supposed to be married and I'm supposed to stay here, but I'm going to die and my children are going to die because because I'm so compliant, but is compliant 
So you go, well, that's when you're supposed to be. You're supposed to stay, you're supposed to be committed, you're supposed to do those things until the boundary was crossed. And then, then your option changes in marriage because you're going to be in a hospital or be dead or my children will be dead. So you make different choices. Those, when someone else crosses a boundary, then you have to make a different choice. There are, it's just the way it is. I don't know how to describe it or say anything else, but when that was taught, it was taught to say you can never stand up for yourself. You're too compliant to a fault. So what were Robert's parents teaching him about boundaries? We said that that, but this is the important one. What did your parents teach you with their words or with their actions about boundaries? Most of our habits, our, our hookups, are, are things that we get caught up on. We're taught not necessarily by their words, but a lot of times by our parents' actions. What did they do that you're living up today that is actually a boundary that shouldn't, that you are saying yes to, that you should be saying no to, or you should be saying no? And just, you know, what, what is that? For each one of us, that's going to be very different. For, for me, my dad, absolutely love him, great man, all those things, except the man never turns off his cell phone. I love him, but it is a boundary that has struggled in my home since I was a little girl. I could be telling him a story and that phone rang and that it was more important than whatever I had to say. Now, he's a grown man. He's come back and apologized and went, wow, that really stunk that I did that for all those years. But it was a boundary that was broken. He does it. I'm going to bop him upside the head. I'm like, what are you doing? Because it was something that was taught by actions to me to the point where I am so, like, he's like, what? what, you? <laughs> what you know, I am overly protective about it now because I was so, it was something that was not even talked about at our home. My dad was going to answer the phone. One o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, that's why I would go on cruises so the man's cell phone doesn't work. I mean, seriously, my mom started going, I'm going to think outside the box. When cruising wasn't popular, we were cruising because his cell phone didn't work so that he would actually see us. So, I mean, that's how bad it got. So, um, I want, so anybody have any things that their parents taught them with, without even talking sometimes? Be nice, be kind, always help out. And that's a great thing to know. But sometimes it's a bad thing too. But does it happen to a fault? Uh, probably. I mean, lots of things we get taught, there is a time to say yes and there's a time to say no. Okay, now you're, we're figuring out what the, what the thing is that's being broken. So what should the boy do? On, the boy you stand up for yourself. To save himself. All you need to do is stand up and say no sometimes. What if the little boy would have popped up, walked away, and said, nope, you're not going to punch me anymore. No. And you go up to your parents and say, they're hurting, they're hurting me, instead of being right. so compliant. And just pushing it under. Now, as adults, we have a couple more options in the situation. We're not a kid. You actually physically pick yourself up and say, I'm saying no. And a lot of times, you even go to the person and say, you're hurting me, and I'm giving you another shot. One more time, you hurt me again. You cross my boundary because I'm setting it. The, I'm giving you the line. You cross that one more time, and I'm gone. Be and you have to follow through. Part of boundaries is saying, let your yes be yes, and your no be no. When you say it, you may not go back on it. Because once you move and say, 
and they crossed the line and you didn't fall through and say what yours, then the boundary wasn't really set in the beginning with. Because we have to let our yeses be yes and our noes be no. <coughs> Robert, oh, I already thought. I thought I the page. Robert part two. <laughs> what do you mean you're quitting? You can't leave now. Steve looked at Frank, his administrative assistant for several years. Oh, uh, you're just going to skip that one. Oh, yeah. Tonight the five, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it ends up being really weird. Tonight the five couples who had been meeting together for six months suddenly became more intimate. The sharing went beyond the usual. Please pray for Aunt Sarah request to the real struggles in their lives. When people asked their host, Rachel, to share, she cleared her throat and finally spoke. After hearing all the other problems, I don't think my issues are anything compared to what you are dealing with. So, who would like dessert? Avoidance. Avoiding. <coughs> Avoiding. What has Rachel, uh, what problems arise when boundary functions more like walls than fences? It's, it's, it's like you get further away from each other. I mean, well, and she's, de she's devalu uh, devaluing herself um, and the fact that she needs to be heard and she has physical needs, you know, and spiritual needs as well. I actually hear this one a lot for me. Lots of people come to me and say, my situation is nothing like yours because, you know, your daughter's sick and she's in the hospital. And, and I'm like, God doesn't... See my problem bigger or smaller than your problem. He values what each of us have to say and each what each of us have to feel. And so when we sit in a circle, the people that you surround yourself with should be the same way. My problem is no greater to my dad than the next or no smaller because they're all equal. Now, one may be more time pressing that he needs to be handled today because the guy's going to jail and whatever, but it's no more or less because each one of us has situations that need to be handled, that need to be talked about, that need to be dealt with. But when we think less of ourselves and we avoid it and we put up the wall, that problem is going to get so darn big that it's so much that you can't handle it yourself. But if you're not willing to ask for help, because it's not only avoidance, there's so much involved in getting to the point where you're avoiding. Because you probably broke four or five things before you got to <laughs> the wall going up to not wanting to tell somebody else what's going on. It's simple as, my kid has 101 fever and I'm just tired and it's been a long week. But that may seem simple. And it may be somewhat simple. They will eventually get over it. And it's, you give it next week it will be a better week. But if you say that, you're just not, you're unresponsive because you're not really caring, you know? And so I, when we get there, you want to know how to fix it. We can say that it's unresponsive and that it's avoiding and all those things. <coughs> we all need each other. I have this problem and you have this problem. But the opposite is true. You have this strength that I'm weak in. And God put a church together that you're the hands and you're the feet. And if we don't lean on that person for that, then it, then what was the body of Christ made for? What, what were we here to do than to help and be and do and fill in the gaps and the holes where the other people aren't? And that may be outside of your family. <coughs> it may not be. A whole family in our church can be really struggling. Guess what? If you speak up and you say, I need help. 
there is 200 people in the church and there's a lot of resources to say, I can help. This person can do this. We can point you here. We can connect you. We can be, if I don't have the answer, I'm going to find somebody that does have the answer. Mm-hmm. But you got to speak up and you have to say, as small or as big as it may be, that's our job to not, to say, to break down that boundary of that wall and say, I do need help. And a lot of times we have a boundary of a wall because we're just not willing to ask for help. We're not willing to say what's wrong. And we have one more, which is a great one. This is probably my favorite. I don't know all of them. Brad hung up the phone after talking to Brenda, his mom. Brad and his wife, Allison, had made plans for a much-needed getaway as a couple, but the date happened to fall on Brenda's birthday. When Brenda helped out, heard about the plan, she called Brad and complained to him about how selfish he was being and how lonely he was making her. When he tried to explain that their plans weren't directly against her and that he and Allison really needed the break, Brenda refused to listen to Brad's needs and concerns for his marriage. The couple scuttled their plans and prepared for a trip to Mom's. Controlling. 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 Selfish. Controlling to the point where I'm a mom and I can totally go, you went shop to my birthday? You know, like when they're grown, they're not going, you know. Did you remember my birthday? Do you remember? You didn't even call. <laughs> and to be honest, it goes on all the time. That's something that's very much I hear all the time. <coughs> this person got offended. And sometimes if we just take away our offense, if you would have listened to your son say, my marriage is actually in trouble and I'm trying to put it back together. But you missed that. You missed it because you were so hung up on, you didn't come to my, you're missing my birthday. It's a, and I literally tell my kids all the time, the world's not about you, so get over it. Like the world does not revolve around your little life. Annabelle's missing a birthday because Pastor Bontaine is passed away. And I'm like, I could plan that Pastor Bontaine was going to, you know, the birthday happens to be at seven o'clock on Friday night. And so now she gets to go because I'm not going. But originally I said, there's no way I can take you and be at Pastor Bontaine's funeral at the same time. And I couldn't plan it. The world does not revolve around you. Now she's a little girl and it was a great time to stop and say, guess what? Your pain is this big and this other person's. I love you and I, we're going to send a gift and we're going to, you know, all those things. But, you know, in this scenario, you know, we all say, we all answered that it's controlling. It's controlling and that's what the mom was trying to do. Control it to make her. But the the son opposite son of that. also compliant. Because Very. He's going, to a Sorry, wifey, they you broke, don't count. I'm going over to mommy's. Yep, you broke the boundaries. Two people have broken boundaries. And a lot of times, that's how boundaries get broken, is that one person broke a boundary, so another person's having to break a boundary. What can be different is, it's just compromise and understanding. Take your, take your broken boundary and fix it with, if mom would have been understanding, then boundaries wouldn't have had to be broken. And said, hey, since you're going out of town, can we celebrate my birthday a week before? I'm sorry, we have a lot of birthdays. They come every year. And if it gets, <laughs> if it gets celebrated the week before, or the week after, or during the month of, oh, we're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I've never... on a weekend, you're as well. I mean, that's my, my, my house. <laughs> that's when My birthday falls on Easter. And being in a pastor's house every seven years, my birthday falls on Easter. Do you think that my birthday was anywhere near Easter ever? 
oh my goodness, no, my parents didn't think about it till like the week after, and they're like, oh, you had a birthday. We should do something, you know? <laughs> it's like, all right, Mom, the bunny brought me something. Yeah, I mean, like, it just was And for me, I, I finally got, even at 10, I was like, I think it happened on, like, my 10th birthday, and I was like, I think I sat there and went, yep, it came and went, and I think I had a broken ankle at church. I mean, it was just, like, all bad. Like, I, I broke my ankle at the same time as, you know, having, and I was sitting there at church at Life Center going, there's a lot of people here today. And somebody said, looked at me and said, you know how people got saved today? And I'm 10, and I went, but my ankle and my birthday! And somebody goes, if you would just understand. And I go, okay, I can understand. I can understand that this can be celebrated tomorrow. And this will heal, and it will be all better. But the souls that were saved, because my mom and my dad did their job, were more important. But it took some understanding, and it took some compromise. But most of the time, all we have to do is replace our hurts with another positive thing. Or we can, you know what, sometimes we have to say, my wife is more important. And I'm sorry, Mom. The Bible told me to leave and cleave. So I have to, it's going to hurt you, and I'm going to send you some flowers on your birthday, and I do love you. But it's not helping that you're making me break a boundary. It, to both of us breaking boundaries isn't making, two wrongs don't make a right. They just make more wrong. And so um, I definitely like that one because that was a real, like very real. It all, it's going to happen to all of us that you have plans and they are super important. And because he broke that to now his wife is hurt. She's probably going to break more boundaries and get more hurt and put the walls up. And so you remember that time that uh, you, you know, then it just, you know, it, it goes on top of. Well, I'm going to close this here with, with the scripture here out of Matthew 5, 33 through 37, and this is uh, this is about oaths. And a, and a lot of, uh, you know, the first the first week we talked about steward, stewardship, taking care of of what God has given us. Um, and the, we talked a lot about saying yes. You know, what, what are we to say yes to and, and, and uh, protecting those things we say yes to. Uh, Jocelyn mentioned that some of the things that, that, that we have probably said yes to uh, before is uh, marriage. That's something you say yes to. You take, you, know, you take the vows, you do the whole thing. Um, that's something we say yes. You say yes to, uh, um, you know, you, if you have children, you say, you say yes to your children. And uh, sometimes we don't want to say yes to our children, <laughs> uh, maybe daily. Uh, but that is something uh, yeah, that... You don't uh, need burritos, mac and cheese. You don't actually just yeah. have to say no. You just I have mac and cheese. Give them the actual, almost basically the truth <laughs> and tell them the reason why. Yeah, yeah. So you got, uh, you got children. You got, um, I got uh, faith. You, you know, when you have a relationship uh, with Jesus, that is an oath that we make. Um, you know, we, we make to God saying, hey, uh, I, I believe that, uh, that my life needs to change. And I believe that uh, my old self, is, is, I want my old self to stay as my old self, and I want to become new. I want to be a new person. I want to uh, follow you. And uh, that is a, a commitment that we make. And um, even with, within that oath, it can sometimes be, it can, it, it can be tough in our marriage. It can be tough in our commitment to Christ. It can be tough, um, you know, being a Christian. It can be tough 
you know, with a with a job. Maybe you've had a job before, and you've uh, you've committed to saying, you know what, I, I need this job to pay my bills. I hate working this job. It is not the greatest job. One of the you know one of the things that I was taught is uh, if, if you plan on leaving one job, make sure you have another one Long lined up. Yes. And uh, because it was my um, my stepfather taught me that because he knew uh, how important it is to to stay true to your commitment to to you know provide for your household as much as you can. Sometimes circumstances can be different, but if you can help it, you know always have something else. If you don't like this job and you need to get another job, you know you you, you got to be able to uh, to pay the bills every time. That bill comes in. That's that's an, essentially another oath <laughs> that we have committed to. You go and you lease a, a car. You know that is an oath that you've made to that dealership, whether it was a good deal or not. <laughs> Maybe a lot of times a bad one, but uh, you know you go and you make that deal. That is an oath. You sign that that line and you say, "I'm saying yes to this. This is going to. I am going to take this car off your lot and I'm going to make payments towards this with, with homes." And we do it to the best of our ability. Yes, obviously circumstances, uh, different circumstances can arise. Uh, and this is what, what, uh, this is what Jesus says about, about oaths. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. It's very important that if we ever commit ourselves to something, that we make sure, it says right here, for you cannot make one hair white or black. If it's a situation that you know going into it that you're not going to be able to stay true to that commitment, then maybe we're not at a place to be able to make that commitment. If that's the case, don't say, you need to say no. If you do say yes to a God-given, I'm going to talk about a God-given, yeah, God-given commitment, something that that is healthy, that... that um, it's not going to cause you harm or somebody else harm. And you make, you make a commitment to somebody. They use this in reference to, um, actually this is right after divorce and right before retaliation. So that's, you know, that's funny how Jesus, you know, puts things together. But, uh, but you're in a situation where you make an oath, and you're before God, and you say, yes, this is something that I'm committing myself to. This is something that I am going to, that I am responsible for. Then we need to hold true to that responsibility. I can, this can get, uh, this is only our second week. I'm not going to take it super deep tonight. But what I can say is that each and every one of us has either been in a situation or know of a situation where the oath gets really deep. And sometimes it, it, it's really hard to stay true to that commitment. Um, my mom had to, make, had to make a decision when she was uh, six, 16 years old uh, that um, she was pregnant. And she had to make a decision 
to, to marry a man and ask her parents' permission because she didn't want to bring a son into the world that would be out without, um, uh, you know, husband and wife. She probably shouldn't have married my dad. That's just the truth of the matter. She was too young. It didn't work out for more than one year. Um, my mom had another decision to make. Her dad uh, probably was, was, you know, asking her to consider um, aborting the baby. And my mom made the decision saying, I've already, I've already said my yes a long time ago. And I'm going to stay true to what, what has already been done. And that is my yes. And, uh, I, you know, obviously I'm sitting in front of you today. <laughs> so I'm very happy that my mom stayed true to, um, to that commitment. Um, it's huge. You know, the Bible says, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Uh, don't, don't, get, uh, don't commit to something um, that, 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 uh, that isn't God-given. <laughs> that isn't right. We have so many people that uh, either get married when they shouldn't, uh, have tried, you know, are are doing, are end up getting pregnant when they shouldn't. Whatever the case may be, those are two examples. There's several more, but those are all major life commitments. Those are all major yeses. Whether we say verbally yes or not, those are actions of yes. And so, you know, we want to make sure that that anything that we put before God as a commitment, that it's something that is from God as much as we can. And when it is, when that boundary is broken and when mistakes are broken, that we uh, we reset, so to speak. We go back to God and say, God, I need a restart. Uh, my son, he's. I've just thought of. I know what you're thinking of. We 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 we. we we're kind of crazy parents, and but we put our son in mixed martial arts, cage fighting, <laughs> octagon, you know, UFC stuff. We went to his practice last night, and they put him in the ring. And uh, my son can sometimes go in there, and he'll throw just like like a crazy person, and he gets tired. And they're trying to teach a seven-year-old to reset. If you're getting punched in the face, if you're getting kicked in the stomach, and you're just going like a wild, crazy person, you need to stop, breathe. Compose yourself, and then go back in. And uh, that's what we're trying to teach them. And that's something that we all need to remind ourselves is stop, reset, and move on. Jesus, I, uh, I thank you for the, uh, the option to be able to reset, gain our composure, Lord, there are so many, uh, you, you, you ask us to be people of um, commitment. Commitment is strong to you as we see in your word. Uh, in those commitments, you, you ask our yeses to be yeses and to say no when we need to say no. And Lord, I just pray that uh, as we read your word, as we study, as we pray, as we live life, that uh, uh, we, we are people that uh, can take control of our lives with the boundaries that you ask us to set before us. And when those boundaries are broken, Lord, again, that we just reset and we reestablish those boundaries 
and that we are good stewards of what you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen.